Welcome once again to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel. We are on lesson number six for Thursday, November 1st. Man, this has been one of the most uh, practical lessons that I've studied in a while. Everything that is uh, presented this week has just touched more and more intimately our lives, my, my world. I mean, it goes into, you know, my home, which tends to be, you know, our, our intimate space. And then our wallets, which, you know, is even more intimate. Um, but I guess there is just no other way to have Christian fellowship, at least not the way the early church modeled it for us, which I think stands as a, a tremendous invitation for our church today to evaluate ourselves, which is how um, I want to be approaching um, this lesson this, um, for today. Yesterday, I, we used the illustration of immunization. Right? How do, I, how do we immunize ourselves against covetousness? And it comes in the little vaccine called the poor of the world. And missions and ministries is how we choose to inoculate ourselves by doing, by giving of ourselves for the benefit of others. Taking from our abundance and making it available to others is how we become immunized. And you know, there are shots that need to be repeated regularly. <laughs> And we as a church cannot say, well, we used to do mission trips five years ago. Um, we, we need to do mission trips regularly. We need to make sure that we're involved as Sabbath schools in continual uh, uh, evaluations of what are we going to do as a Sabbath school class in our local community? What are some of the needs that we can meet with some of the members within our, that, that we know of? So very rich, very powerful, very applicable. And today is no different. And like we did, used immunization yesterday, I'm going to use evaluation, like a medical exam. And uh, I can do that for myself. Um, I can do that for my congregation, for the, the part of my church that I am involved in. Uh, we talked about those big four um, that are mentioned in the first part of the lesson on Sabbath. Um, the apostles' doctrines, fellowship, and the breaking of the bread and being in prayer. Those four elements were key in keeping the church together and keeping it growing. Um, so let's use those four as criteria right now, as, as an examination. You know, when I, when I go to the doctor, they weigh me, they take my temperature, um, they look at my iris to see the reflex, they, you know, hit my regular kneecap with my knee bent to see my reflex there. There are several exams that they can do, you know, squeezing the doctor's fingers. All of those have, a re, a, they reveal things to the doctor about me. And I think this, these four, the Bible instruction, breaking of bread, fellowship, and prayer, will have a good, healthy um, outcome when I choose to continually evaluate myself, you know, have these maybe as we were supposed to have, you know, yearly examinations um, as a church, it, it would do us good to evaluate not just simply the church out, out, out large, you know, themselves uh, out there, but actually, the most importantly, myself. And so as I wrote these down, I realized that I can tell you right now, my heart's heavy because I'm realizing that there's been a trend, not just now, but maybe for decades that reveal that our church has been drifting away from this early church model. And we, we need a spirit of repentance and revival. I need that myself. I wrote some words down as far as how prayer, worship, fellowship, and the study of God's word manifest themselves in our church. What are the, the parallels that we have? And of course, prayer. The only thing that I could think of, the, the first thing that I could think of was prayer meeting. 
the prayer meeting at a church. And, you know, it's, it, I think is a reality that needs to be spoken of. If there is one church event that has been the, the least attended by the majority of the congregation, um, it's unfortunate that, at least in my 20 plus years of ministry, I can say that this has been one of the most least attended of all the things that the church offers to its congregants, the prayer meeting. And, you know, I, I can, you know, understand people saying, well, you know, what, what was being done was not really meeting my needs and et cetera, et cetera. And so some churches have, you know, gone the route of um, a, let's do things that, that will meet people's needs. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you want to do parenting classes, if you want to do, you know, prophecy classes, cooking classes, all of those are great things to do as a church, but they're not prayer meeting. Why, why has prayer meeting not taken traction? This, this lesson, right, the, the days of preparation on Sunday, the experience of the unity in the early church, it begins with Pentecost with the unction of the Holy Spirit. And we already learned that it, is, it didn't happen once, but it happened regularly, this outpouring of the Spirit in very marked ways. And it began with prayer, the church gathering together to pray, the 10 days of prayer, which if you can write this on your calendar, our church will do so globally. Our entire church is being invited to pray together for 10 days from January the 9th through January 19th. 10 days in which each congregation has an opportunity to do this. I've already talked to the board at uh, my Oakwood church and their, their game. Uh, we're going to be putting together the leadership that's going to be get, gathering material and promoting this so that our entire church can, can join the rest of our world church in prayer, preparation. Um, but once those, once those 10 days of prayer end, I think this is, this is my thought. What has killed prayer meeting, I think is because the way prayer meeting morphed itself. And I'm going to be honest from my own experience. Um, this is how I experienced prayer meeting in the Spanish church that I grew up with in South America and later on here in the States. We would get together and we would have a few minutes of sharing testimonies. What has God done for you? And after those five minutes, um, we would say in any prayer request, some people would share prayer requests. Then we'll break up into groups for about five minutes. And then we would have a message, a sermon for about 30 minutes. Then we'll close with one last prayer and go home. The bulk of the meetings were that sermon. And I think gradually it has morphed to a, a message. And then at the end, a little sprinkling of prayer, which speaks, I think, to what, what the church has wrestled from its very inception. Jesus could tell his disciples at the Garden of Gethsemane, pray, watch and pray. And he said that three times. And three times the disciples fell asleep. And the Bible, this lesson, the scriptures are telling us the most important thing you can do as a church is come together and pray. So it shouldn't surprise us that there is this innate inherited resistance to do the very thing we need to do with urgency. Um, the way the lesson said it earlier in the week, intense 
spiritual preparation not just spiritual preparation but intense spiritual preparation so it's not just about having 10 days of prayers or a week of prayer those are awesome things to have but our church we have the opportunity of having a weekly meeting for prayer maybe we should reverse it the way i just came out it felt different right we have prayer meeting we can be which can be a title but when you put a meeting for prayer, that sounds more like an action meeting. We're going to meet and the, fo- the function is going to be prayer. I wonder what it would be like if we all agreed and it would not be a shock to us that when the church goes together for meeting for prayer, not prayer meeting, but meeting for prayer, if it was understood that we're going to meet for an hour and five minutes are going to be spending in hi, hello, welcome, And then the rest of the 55 minutes is going to be in prayer, reading promises, sharing promises, some songs in between, a few songs that that are directed to praising God, like standing on the promises, um, nearer, still nearer, um, those interjectively put in there. And then the 55 minute, the bulk of that meeting will be for prayer. I wonder what that would be like. Um, one of the pastors here in this district, uh, Pastor B. Kwan, did something similar to that. He opened his church very early in the morning for several hours and just invited members to come out whenever they could to the church to pray. And this was going to be done for a period of time. And he shared with us how the members had been nourished. No one preached. No one had to do uh, no you know exposition of the scriptures. The church just got together to pray. Some prayed silently in the house of God. Eventually, they would join. Others that had been joining would go apart to pray together by themselves, um, open their hearts uh, in private to the Lord, and then they would join the larger group together. And Pastor Beat shared that how a revival, how he just revived the spirits of his his members. You know, um, that's prayer meeting. And I think that in general, the, the churches, at least here in North America, are hurting in this meeting. And maybe it's because we have been lab- a false advertisement. We call them prayer meeting, but the least thing we do is pray. Maybe we should be calling meetings for prayer. That way, maybe at least changing the name will change our mindset and our approach to it. Then I thought about the study of God's Word. You know, we, we, there's prayer. But now we have the study of God's Word, and it's not the sermon. The sermon is not where you have the the study of the Word of God, though there is certainly an element of studying, but the pastor did the studying, and he's preaching the Word. The Word is being preached, but you know when the actual study of the Word takes place? If you you have the word study, you you already have the the mindset, this imagery of a school. And so you should know by now... (laughs) where is the only place where the church can gather together to study the Word of God, and that is in Sabbath school. If prayer meeting is one of the least most attended uh, events that our church puts together, Sabbath school in some areas is quickly catching up, and in other places it has surpassed. Many members only come for the sermon and completely bypass Sabbath school. So out of the four, out of the big four components 
of what sustained the unity in the church in our culture, in our fast-paced society that is appealing to our covetousness through material gains and misuse of our funds. 50% of what kept the church together is missing in our churches. And I'm speaking in general, 20-some plus years of just my own experience. 50%. What can you do to change that? What can I do to change that as a pastor is simply change me. I can only change me. And you can only really change you. But if you want to change the rest, your change can be an influence for others to be inspired with change as well. I, I said it earlier this week. I'm, I would be hard-pressed to find a church that would object to a member saying, I would like to start an initiative that will ignite our church through gathering up together for prayer. I would be hard-pressed to find a pastor that would object to that. I, and, I'm, and I'm saying that intentionally. I would love to see these uh, initiatives across our country, across our church, but specifically here in the States. I would love to see these prayer revival initiatives blossom, bubble forth, forth from the laity, not from the pastors. Um, I've had my personal revival three years ago through an encounter with the Lord, a re-encounter with the Lord through prayer and fasting. And that experience is continually in my mind to remind me of what John 15, 5 says, without me, you can do nothing. But I recognize that is my experience. And no matter how many sermons I can preach on it, ultimately, it's your choice. And out of the big four elements, our country right now is suffering from a 50% deficit. And we haven't even touched fellowship, potluck. <laughs> how, how, how is our church in that regard? How are you in that regard? I mean, for a church to have at least, you know, during the month, one or two opportunities to come together and share a meal, do you look forward to that? What keeps you from that? You know, it would break the heart of God to hear that, well, listen, Lord, the reason I don't go to potluck, the food is horrible. Really? Don't eat. <laughs> Bring a sandwich. Are you staying for the mac and cheese or are you staying because of the fellowship with humans? Are you fellowshipping with noodles? Is that what you're planning to fellowship with? Are you fellowshipping with bread and butter? Or are you fellowshipping with Christians? Those are the things that, as a culture, we need to evaluate ourselves. Yesterday, we talked about immunization. This lesson is about a self-examination, a, a spiritual, physical examination. And there are four components that the scriptures provide for us as a template of evaluation. How do I relate to Sabbath school? And it's not just simply attending Sabbath school, but having studied it, which is the real reason. I mean, what convicted me to do these podcasts is to inspire you, to give you a tool, to inspire you to go back to the lesson and study it on your own, to complete what I do not have time to do here. So how do you, how do you relate to Sabbath school? Do you regularly att attend? Do you participate? Are, are you made available to even be a teacher? Would you, would you even consider doing that? Because we could always use more teachers. Um, how are you relating to prayer meeting? And if there's no prayer meeting, uh, but your church does other valuable things, don't go and complain and kick people for not doing something that 
they're sacrificially doing through cooking schools or other seminars or workshops for the community. Those have tremendous value. So it's not about to stop doing things that are important, but certainly a church should feel its burden to have a regular encounter to pray together. I'm praising the Lord that at the Monroe Church, um, this conviction has led some of the leaders to take time between the worship and the Sabbath school to come together and pray. And quality always will surpass quantity as far as God is concerned. So it's not about the, the huge numbers that you start out with or the length of time that you start out with, but it's a start. And whatever starts that, that fits the biblical model, God will ensure to grow it so that pretty soon the church is ignited, the church is engaged. The church voluntarily came together to do these things. There was no compulsion. There was no shaming. There was no beating over the head. It was just saying, look, look at our mission. It is beyond us. Even if each of us had gazillions of dollars at our disposals, we could still, even then, not make a ding or a dent in this world. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is granted to us when we prepare our hearts to receive it. And that preparation comes when we come together to pray together. So prayer meeting and Sabbath school and fellowship and, and all of these other things, you know, the, the worship together, all of these things come together beautifully to not only um, put us together once a week, but from that have an outgrowth where we're connecting with each other throughout the week, where I'm comfortable having you at my house, where I'm comfortable coming to your house, not just simply to talk about your lawnmower or my carpet or whatever, but I know that I'm going to your house and in the course of our fellowship, the prayer time will come. And in the course of time, we will open the Word of God together, not because I'm the pastor, but because we're Christians. And we want to fulfill, we want to experience that promise that where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, He, through His Spirit, makes Himself manifest right there. God is eager to manifest that promise in your life. Are you willing to make that promise a reality in yours?